Hey everybody, welcome to the In All Things podcast. It's time to see God in everything. Hello everybody, welcome to a new episode of the In All Things podcast. My name is Mitch Frost. And I am Steve Markle. And uh, it hasn't been long since we've been at this table, no, has it? kind of look similar yeah, to the last time. If you watched uh, last week's episode, we're dressed the same. Yeah, we just couldn't figure out. We thought this was a good look, so we're going to keep it for a while. Yeah, we yeah. just we're going to keep these clothes in this room. Yeah, we changed. Yeah, put them on for this. But anyway, yeah. uh, busy couple weeks here at Sycamore, so we are recording two back-to-back on some different uh, yeah, busy uh, topics. Yeah, busy and also um, Jared has a trip, and he's our... Mm-hmm. Producer, and uh, I have a trip as well next week or the week that this is coming out. Mm-hmm. So whatever. Um, there was no time to record then. So we were going to do two in advance. Right. right. Um, and so by the time you're listening to this, we are about a week into February. Correct. Maybe? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so welcome to February. Uh, here at Sigma Creek <laughs> Church, we are spending the month talking about marriage and relationships. And Correct. so I thought today, uh, and maybe some different probably a couple podcasts in February, we're going to be talking about some of those different ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so today we're going to kick that off. We're going to spend a couple minutes just talking about um, some different marriage ideas and things like that. We won't know how it went, but by the time this comes out, we just got back from a marriage retreat um, yes. and we kicked off a brand, a new, brand series. new series. So yeah. let's start there. Um, yeah. Our series for the month of February is called The Gods of Marriage. Um, and so go ahead and give the people your elevator pitch, your Ooh, summary. Wow of what the series is all about. It's interesting um, that you're hearing this after I've already preached the first message because I really don't even have that written all right now. But Mm -hmm. we are talking about the fact that obviously we know that God is the God that should be the God of marriage, Jehovah God, the one God. But what we do is we elevate all these different things that we want out of marriage to a position of God. And and we worship the idea of being in control or mm-hmm. um, fulfilling all my expectations or what I want out of this or happiness is the ultimate goal of, of marriage. And that becomes a God, the God that we worship. And we think those are what we should get out of marriage because everybody has that moment when you fall in love and, you know, the... Things go forward. You pop the question if you're the guy usually and and ask her to marry you and you get engaged and then everything is amazing. But then the reality sets in of marriage. And yeah, the honeymoon doesn't last forever. It's reality because of life and kids, if God blesses you and all that. But um, so often uh, marriages get started off on the right foot and then some things get in the way and a lot of it goes back to ourselves and what we want out of it. So really this whole series is about focusing and talking about these gods that become false gods in our marriages that we look at. And I, I think it's important as we begin to, and we're already a week into it, but to make this clear that if you're not married, this series is still for you. If you're a student and you hope to be married one day, still, still for you. If you've been through marriage in a rough time and been divorced, this is for you. We want to encourage you and help you for your future and uh, I think there's so much to learn in this area. So I'm looking forward to it. In fact, as this podcast comes out this coming Sunday, you'll be sharing um, week number two of the series. And so are you excited about this? Yeah, I yeah. am. Um, this was one that I got to help with behind the scenes, kind of bringing mm-hmm. it to 
to light with um, even like the design and what it looks like and right. the name of it and stuff. So it's been kind of fun for me. I'm excited right. about the series. I think that it has a lot of potential to um, to help a lot of people. So I think it's going to be good. Um, yeah, I was going to start by addressing the single people, if you will. Yeah. Um, and kind of ask, I was going to ask a question of like, should they just stop coming to church for the month of, Fe- of February. Yeah, we would really Maybe just like turn off the yeah, podcast yeah. and <laughs> just come back in March. Yeah. Um, We're not going to be talking about this on the podcast every week, but no, right. obviously not. I mean, um, so yeah, there's single people that uh, have been married and, or that want to be married. There's all different stages of life, but here's the thing. Even if you're at that point where you're thinking, I don't know if I'll get married again, or if I ever be married, these principles that we're going to talk about apply to relationships. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's specific things we're going to talk about related to marriage. We're not going to hide that right. because we're calling it that. But uh, as I've started working on the first week, I'm like, uh, we're talking about the God of control. Mm-hmm. And you will, will have already heard that by now. But this idea of controlling other people and manipulating other people mm-hmm. to get them to do what we want. I mean, that's not just in marriage. That's in any close relationship. Mm-hmm. So a lot of good things I think we're going to talk about to help people. And we try to every February, generally speaking, last year we did peopleology, just talking about relationships, the month of February, Valentine's Day, you know, all mm-hmm. of that. So. Yep, definitely. Um, and I think one thing that I just want to say, too, as we get started with this conversation is, um, you know, marriage even though it is, and that's what we're going to talk about today, is marriage is God's idea. Yeah. Marriage is a design that, that God kind of set up from the beginning of time. And marriage is good, um, but marriage is not the goal of life. Mm. I think that has to be said um, as we start this conversation today because I, I know, yeah, students, like you said, young adults, even people that have been divorced, not sure what's next for them, people who maybe just have no luck and can't find somebody, right? Marriage is not, that's not a, you're not a failure because you're not married. You're not a failure because you're not engaged. That's not the way You're not an incomplete person. No, either. absolutely like, not. And you know, if you whole, think that way, right, right. then you're, you're yeah. going to be starting a relationship off yes. on a bad foot. Yes. Um, Remember the movie where he said, you complete me? Hmm. Yeah. What movie yeah, was that? I don't know. It was um, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, yeah. Oh, it was the, oh, he was a sports awkward. guy. What was that movie, Jared? Oh, come uh, on. Anyway, Jerry anyway. Maguire. Yes, that's it. Anyway, yeah, he, uh, you know, the whole idea, like, you're not a complete person if you mm-hmm. don't have uh, uh, your marriage partner. No, 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 no. That's yeah. not true at all. If that were true, then then Paul would not be a complete person. Jesus, uh, Jesus would not be a complete person, right? I was not right. going to name drop him first, but yeah. they were not married. And Paul even says that if you're not married, you actually have more potential uh, to to reach more people because you're gonna have not the distraction. Of marriage, yeah, uh, yeah, right? all that. Um, so, but anyway, it's just I, I did want to say that up front because I think that's important. Is marriage is not gonna make you complete. Marriage is not gonna make you whole. Um, and if it does, then your marriage might be rough um, because you're gonna yeah. be expecting a god yes. out of another person yes. when they were never supposed to be no. that. Um, and so, if you're not married, or if you just are kind of wondering about your own marriage and why is this person constantly le- constantly letting me down? Well, maybe you're expecting they're not the other God, person. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. Um, so go. anyway, but let's talk about marriage for a little bit okay, today. Sure. Relationships of all kinds, mm-hmm. but we're going to focus in on marriage here. Um, I just want to spend a couple minutes talking about uh, the fact that marriage is God's idea. I kind of want to walk through from the beginning of time, if you will, um, God's structure and His plan and His purpose for marriage. Okay. Um, just because I think. 
there's a lot of misconceptions when it comes to marriage, as we all know. Um, 50%, I think it's still at about 50% of marriages mm-hmm. end in divorce. Sure. And even of the 50% that stay together, um, a lot of them are not happy marriages. They kind of stay together because, oh, we're doing it for the kids, uh, because what would it, what would people say about us if we got divorced? Mm-hmm. So even of that 50%, which is already not a great percentage of marriages that stay together, even in that 50, there's a lot of marriages that struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think... Um, A big thing that I feel like we kind of need to come back to is this kind of perspective that God designed marriage and God created marriage to be good. Um, And so let's just start with the the creation of the world, right? So Mm -hmm. God creates everything and uh, he creates man and woman. And at, well, backing up even a little bit before that, he sees that Adam has a job. He's working with God. He's walking with God. He's creating, uh, he's naming these animals. He's in the perfect Garden of Eden. And God says he's still lonely. It's, right? not, it's good. not good. The, God from, names everything as mm-hmm. good and then says, sees that moment and mm-hmm. says that's not good. Yeah, that, that, the friendship um, with that cow that he had right, and the horse yeah. just wasn't enough. Right. right. And so he goes ahead and he creates um, this partner for Adam. Yeah, right. And uh, the, the word, if you read the Genesis account, it says helper. But that word actually means, you know, an equal, somebody who's supposed mm-hmm. to do life right. with you. And that word is used for God. God's our mm-hmm. helper. The Psalms, when they write about God being their rock and their helper, it's the same word that's yeah. used for this spouse. And so it's kind of cool. Um, and so God kind of creates and sets up this foundation of they're going to leave their father and mother and they're going to cling to this new mm-hmm. relationship, this new covenant with this person, right? right. Is there anything you want to add on kind of how the, because from the beginning of time, there's, there's marriage right there. There's a, there's a relationship uh, kind of design that God shows us right at the beginning. I mean, yeah, we get it right in Genesis chapter two. It's mm-hmm. already happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Marriage was one of the foundational things God established. I don't, yeah, you're yeah. setting it up well. And, yeah. and God is a relational God, right? Right, right? God is three beings in and of himself, and he exists in this relationship of three. Mm-hmm. And he has a desire to be in that relationship with us um, and to be in, in our marriages or relationships, no matter what they look mm-hmm. like. God wants, he has this desire, it's who God is, to be in relationship with his people, his creation, right? Um, So from there, um, you know, there's a lot of sin and failed marriages and messed up stories in the Old Testament of uh, people sleeping with, um, I'm thinking of like, you know, Abraham and Sarah, and he sleeps with Rachel instead because he wants a baby and he wants to rush God's plan. With Hagar. Hagar, yeah. Who who am I Rachel. Yeah, yeah. That was Jacob's. Anyway. Anyway, you get that, yeah. There's there's a lot of that. A lot of... There's a lot of crazy, yeah, yeah, there. Dysfunction there. Dysfunction. Um, Mm -hmm. And then you even get to like Solomon who had hundreds of wives and people who weren't his wives and um, all those different kinds of things. And time and time again, you can kind of find that that's not what God wants, right? God created this relational structure to be between two people that enter into a covenant before him Mm -hmm. and then do life with him, right? Right. Uh, And then we kind of get to... New Testament, right? You have Jesus writing about what, what, you know, what God has brought together. Let no man separate. He's referring yep. to marriage. Um, and you, you just all throughout scripture, Paul writes a lot about it, yeah. uh, submitting to each other, which we're going to get to a little bit sure. here at the end, but um, kind of just littered throughout uh, the whole timeline of the Bible. You have kind of these references mm-hmm. to um, how marriage is supposed to work and God's kind of idea behind um, you know, this, this marriage covenant, covenant, this marriage relationship. Um, and it, it even, we, it even goes so far as to talk about how uh, a husband and wife are supposed to kind of symbolize Jesus in the church. Mm. Um, and how, because of the way that a husband and wife support each other, submit to each other, love each other, that's supposed to reflect to the world 
what it looks like for Jesus to give up everything uh, for his church or his bride, which is mm-hmm. us, you know, the body right. of him. And so yeah. it's kind of interesting to think about because I think that the idea of marriage is so downplayed in yeah. our world. Yeah. Um, it, you can look at that from a lot of different points of view. If you look at like celebrity and fa- famous marriages, those things, they end on the drop of a dime for yeah. no reason besides yeah. we were bored or because it was an open marriage and like, it's just, so it's, much, it's so yeah. diluted and, mm-hmm. um, um, and kind of just perverted of when you look at, you know, the, the biblical foundation for marriage, uh, it feels like we've lost it a little bit, kind of lost the idea. I agree. I think you you, you said a word, um, maybe unintentionally, but you said the word covenant in there. And I think that is such a big word mm-hmm. when we talk about marriage from a biblical perspective compared to the world's perspective, because I think um, a covenant is based upon mutual trust and mutual submission to one another. Mm -hmm. But I think the world often views marriage as more of a contract. Mm -hmm. I'll trust you this far. You trust me this far. It's like, you know, if um, I know there's people that uh, have rental homes or Airbnbs um, in our church, and it's like, why do you have a contract? Because you don't trust the person. These are all the rules, and if you break these rules, you owe us this money, and we have promised to do this, and we have to put it all in writing. Mm And, you know, that's why some people, like celebrities and others that have a lot of money, maybe they do prenup agreements because it's a contract. It's like, well, I'll stay married to you as long as you do this, this, and this. And, you know, if I do this, this, and this, I keep my end of the bargain. But that's not the way God set up marriage, the Mm -hmm. covenant, like his covenant to us. I mean, it's based on trust. And that's how marriage should be built on mutual trust of one another and mutual submission to one another. So, I mean, there's a lot that you could dive into there mm-hmm. just talking about covenant versus contract. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That, there's a lot, like you said, there's a lot of different ways we could go there, but I think that that's important, an important distinction to make, sure. you know, even if you're listening to this and you've been married for, you know, 25 years, right? right. How do you treat your spouse? Is it just kind of like this, like you said, this kind of uh, other member of this contract, and I guess we've kind of signed yeah. this and worked out this agreement, or is it this person that you're in covenant with before God, and you're right. kind of like, you know, doing life yeah. together? I don't know. It's just, and I think it's why too. It's like, you know, there is that allowance for divorce in the case of adultery because mm-hmm. you've broken the covenant of trust when you've made that decision to step outside of your marriage. That doesn't mean you have to get divorced. That means you have that option in God's eyes to do that because of. But I think the people that look at it as a contract, it's not just about it's not just about adultery. It's about anything. You're not making me happy anymore. Right. Or, you know, you spent money in ways I didn't agree with, or you've taken jobs I don't like, or you just I don't love you as much as I used to. I've run out of love for you, so I'm gonna run out of, you know, go find love somewhere else. It's, I saw I read an analogy this week in a book about it, about it's like when our car runs out of gas. What do we do? So I'm going to get a new car because it ran out of gas. It's like we look at marriages sometimes like, well, we ran out of love. Well, you find why you can love that person again. You look for ways to love that person. And it's just a it's an exercise in that. And I think so many people uh, and the perspective of it is just too short sighted. They don't see the long lasting impact of their decisions and um, it's disregarded too quickly. But Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, And for you. Um, how long you've been married? How many years? 32, be 33, 32 and a half. So how about you? Uh, three, so <laughs> three. Much three. Uh, yeah. and so for you, you know, that conversation of, you know, finding new ways and different mm-hmm. ways to love your spouse and to right. kind of, you know, walk through the longevity of marriage, mm-hmm. if you will, what, what are some ways that you have found yourself doing that? Because it's different, you know, from my perspective, 
we find ourselves still in like in the honeymoon phase a lot of the oh, times, yeah. you know? So it's yeah. like, uh, it would be interesting for me to hear from you. Like, what are some of those ways that you found yourself or you guys kind of changing over time um, to kind of keep choosing yeah. each other, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it comes full circle. I mean, it, it's not easy. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's been 32 years of pure bliss and it's been the honeymoon phase and it never changed. And of course it changes. Um, life changes, uh, things that you go through hard, having four kids takes so much time away that you have just for each other and they are demanding. And as I watch my children having kids, I see, you know, it's a, it's a strain, uh, but it's one of the beautiful things of life. So anyway, for us, the common things, you know, are always spending time with each other, finding time, even in the midst of busyness to be together, even if it's just sitting for 30 to 60 minutes and watching a show together next to each other on the couch at night or laying in bed talking about whatever it is that happened in our day, mm -hmm. reconnecting. And when that person doesn't, like my wife is my favorite person. Like I have a lot of close friends that I, I, I really love and appreciate in my life. But the person I want to talk to the most every single day is her. Mm -hmm. And I think if you let that drift in your life to other people, I think that's where it starts to become a problem and you can have relational drift. And it doesn't mean it's going into a, a status where it's going to become an affair or anything, but you can just drift apart. I mean, I have friends that I've talked to that have been married 30 years that got divorced and like, what happened? We just drifted apart. Mm -hmm. We just, you know, our interests were different. And so we always got to find what it is that that bonds us together and keep those interests together and do those things. I mean, it sounds so basic, right? Like, what am I saying here? That's profound. Like you're hearing you're asking me. me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what am I saying? Like, I don't know what, you know, if you're expecting, I mean, a more profound answer than that, but it's not, it's not like, I think, I don't think it has to be. No, I think that's the part that, that drives me crazy. It's like, we just lost sparks. Like you think every day for 32 and a half years, I've had, we've had sparks. I mean, I still, there's nothing like, giving her a hug and kissing my wife every day. Like that's important. Mm -hmm. um, and there's always a feeling there and you don't let days and weeks build up where you don't do that. Mm -hmm. But I think that sometimes people just, I don't know what they expect. It's going to be hard. There's going to be trials. It's not going to be easy because, you know, we're both humans and we both are sinful people at times. So, but it's, you know, there's so many things we could talk about here, but forgiving each other, having a short account, not letting it build up, not going to bed angry. Like that's part of yeah. what Paul talked about in Ephesians yeah. right before the passage in Ephesians five on marriage. He talks about don't go to bed angry. You know, don't, you know, it's so important that we, that we, you know, don't link, let things linger, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. I, I think kind of what you're hitting on here is this idea that if you're not moving towards your spouse, right? If you're not, um, even if it's daily or for 32 years, yeah. choosing your spouse and finding ways to, to, to move towards your spouse, then you're going to be moving towards something else. Like you said, it might not be an affair, right? It might yeah. not be some big detrimental thing, but you're going to find other things yeah. to choose over your spouse, right? You're yeah. going to find a passion or something that interests you or something that you get some kind of satisfaction out of. And that can be, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. It can be golf. It could be, yeah. you know, like it can be something else, but if you're not actively daily. Okay. You know what? Today I don't feel like it, mm -hmm. but I'm going to choose my spouse and I'm going to hug her and kiss her anyway. Like that's, it's kind of that decision. Yeah, and I, right? I think it's important to say to not give anybody the idea. Like we do every single thing together. Like I, I, I can have hobbies and passions that she doesn't have. And she has some that I don't have. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Like you don't have to love 
all the same things. Like I will sit down and watch sports more than she will. She doesn't not like sports. But she mm-hmm. just doesn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, and there's, you know, things that she gets into, um, that I don't care about. Mm-hmm. That doesn't, that's okay. We both mm-hmm. agree that. And you should have your own life, right? Mm-hmm. You're not made complete by doing every single thing together. That, right. And there are couples like that. And it's like, if that's who you are and you love doing all, every single thing 24 seven together, God bless you. Mm-hmm. And that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think um, the, what you're saying though is the key point. It's like if you can, if you don't make it intentionally uh, a priority in your life to spend the time together on a regular basis and some days are crazy, mm-hmm. but you will drift and that's where problems can seep in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I, I think this is, uh, as, as basic as this conversation may seem to some people, right. I, I think it is like a, just a really good kind of even maybe like a breath of fresh air reminder to some people listening of just like, okay, it really is just kind of this, like, you know, kind of daily putting this person ahead of myself and yeah. kind of just daily choosing this person, walking yeah. with this person. And, um, but, but I, I love that you said it, it sounds so simple, but I don't know if you're waiting for some profound answer. No, I, I think to some degree it is right. It's easy. To, everybody's going to say, Oh, marriage is the hardest thing and marriage is, and yes, there are parts of it that are right. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, that's what we're talking about in this, this conversation is God's design for marriage. God's design for marriage is relatively simple, right? Um, by the time people are listening to this, we'll be done with the marriage retreat. But for my session of the marriage retreat on Friday night, what I'm going to be talking about is exactly that God's design for marriage and God's design for anything in life is if he's number one, Okay, then even marriage, something like marriage, that's lifelong decision and has highs and lows and crazy changes and all these things, even if he's number one in both of your lives, right, then what it becomes is you're seeking number one with your number two, which is your spouse. Right. Right. So it's like you're walking towards the number one Mm -hmm. together. And because of that, it makes this whole life thing a little bit easier because instead of me counting on my spouse for everything mm-hmm. and depending on my spouse for everything, and the moment they let me down, then I'm mad at them and I'm upset with them and they're a disappointment and I'm kind of demonizing them. Instead right. of that, yeah. if we're just daily seeking God first, right. then good day, bad day, rough day, bills that come in the mail, whatever it is, it, it makes it a little bit easier to just kind of, okay, we're, we're going to seek God first. We're going to ask him first. We're going to look to him first. And through that process, we're naturally going to get a lot closer. Yeah. You know, you hit on something and I don't know if you intended on me talking about this today, but I will. Um, there is scripture and it's not just talking about marriage, but talking about being unequally yoked with mm-hmm. someone. And I don't think there's any stronger commitment that you make than marriage to yeah. be yoked with someone. And I, I personally, if you ask me to perform your wedding and one of you is a Christian and one of you is not, I, I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I, and the reason is just what you just talked about. If you're not moving in the same direction toward God, there's going to be a struggle. Like, oh, one day he'll start going to church with me or she'll start going or, you know, but then when it comes to children, like, if you know, what's going to happen? If there's two different belief systems, so one hard. of you believes a, is a Christian and one of you is some other religion, there's going to be, there's going to be, struggles. And I know, I mean, I'm not saying that people that are, that are like that can't have a happy marriage. And I know people, Mm -hmm. but I also have talked to many and there comes a point where it comes to a head and it's very important. And then I've seen people that have gotten married that way. And then the other person became a believer and everything's beautiful now. And I'm not saying, but I'm saying, and you, even when you're teaching students about dating, you know, if you start dating somebody Mm -hmm. that is not a believer, you think, well, we're just dating. Well, what if you fall in love? I mean, the, how do you think people end up getting married because yeah. they started dating someone? Yeah. And it's just so important that we're moving in the same direction because that is the tie 
that binds us tighter than anything. When and when you know, Sherry and I have conflict deep down in our souls. We know because of our commitment to the Lord that this isn't going to lead to any really bad place. Exactly. Yeah. Because the D word, I always tell married couples getting married, like. I say we never use the D word. We're not going to mm-hmm. threaten each other, mm-hmm. try to control the person. Well, if you don't shape up, I'm going to divorce you. Mm-hmm. No, it's never even on the table right. because the commitment is between us, but it's to him. And, yeah. and you know, yeah, another passage is so much. Ecclesiastes 4 and verse 12 where it talks about um, two are better than one. Mm-hmm. and But then it's, it's a triple braided cord, can't be broken. So many couples uh, do that thing and that wedding ceremony with the three cords now, three braided cords, and they braid them together, representing each of them and God. And yeah. that tie that just makes your marriage stronger. I mean, that's I, I yep. can't say anything more about it. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, I, I, that's like the the third person, the marriage. Like, yeah. that's such that's a funny idea, but it's so true. Like, that's mm-hmm. and, and I think um, I heard a perspective recently on on fights in marriage and how um, you know if you're both. If you're both Christian, you're both Christ followers, if you're both kind of, you've made that agreement that your belief mm-hmm. system is at least that moving in the same yeah. direction, you're equally yoked, then, you know, when you fight, you know that you you have a common enemy. You know that the enemy mm-hmm. is trying to break up your mm-hmm. marriage. And so if me and my spouse are fighting over something, mm-hmm. we know the enemy is thriving on that. Mm-hmm. And so one interesting perspective is not to see it as a fight against each other, but to see it as a fight against that enemy. So me and her are going to work together. And yes, we're going to you know have to talk and fight and do these things, but we're, we're fighting a common goal. We're, we're fighting the devil. We're fighting that, mm-hmm. that, that enemy who's trying to break up and cause disunity in our marriage. Yeah. That, and then it's, it's a little bit less of like, oh, let me just fight you. And no, mm-hmm. we're going to fight the problem and solve the problem. Correct. You know, and so that's, I, I heard that recently. I thought that's it was kind of interesting, but yeah, I, I can't imagine what it would be like to do life with somebody who didn't see, um, you know, the bigger things the way that I see them. I just can't imagine what it would be like to be married to somebody who doesn't agree on the even the basic things of faith that I that I see. I, I mean, I, it just it, to me it yeah. just feels hopeless. It just feels it would, impossible. I don't know. You can't share that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, I, I don't know either. No. It's got to be so tough. But. No, I, I think yeah. So there's wow. Yeah, it's a lot. But that's kind of why I wanted to start. You know, this conversation. I know we're, we're at this point. We're a week into mm-hmm. our series on marriage, but. Yet again, there's a lot. So this series, hopefully, we're going to yeah, go deep in yeah, some different I, ways. I just but. had this thought in my mind, too, is like this idea, because I just will have preached a message about control, and I think we get that so confused. And I think, um, like, one of the things you know about me is, like, if I ask you, like a few weeks ago, I asked you to, do you want to go on the uh, the trip to refuel in Pittsburgh with me? And I asked Jared as well. But I always, always say, is your wife good with that? I don't want to take you away from a time when she needs you. I don't want the same for Jared or anybody in my life. Whenever I ask anybody to do something and like, you know, I want to make, not because your wife's controlling or his wife's controlling or my wife is, it's out of respect for that relationship being the most important mm-hmm. relationship that you have in the human perspective. When you're married, that's that's where it's at. And you got to, you know, sometimes I think, you know, when you have kids and you're about to, um, sometimes that becomes the problem. The, the kids become more important mm-hmm than the spouse. And I remember hearing, I think, Ed Young Jr. a long time ago in a sermon series he did talking about that, like, uh, it can't be kid-centric. It has to be like, no, no, like, you know, your mom's the most important person Mm -hmm. to me, uh, and and she's a priority above you. And so many marriages have trouble because when kids come, they work together on that, but then when the kids are growing up, they have nothing. So there's, I mean, there's a lot that we're talking about here, but... 
Uh, I love love the topic, and I'm so grateful that I got to uh, watch my parents, who are, are married now for about 55 years, in their example of how they love each other and treat each other with respect and, and mutual love and submission to one another. And you've gotten to watch your parents have been married a little bit longer than Sherry and I, um, like about three or four or five years more. Mm-hmm. You've seen that. And, you know, when you don't have those examples, it's a little bit harder for mm-hmm. people. That's mm-hmm. something that, you know, everybody has to, to acknowledge and deal with. But what a blessing. And it's all worth it. It's so worth it in mm-hmm. the end. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it. I think that's all I got. <laughs> yeah. Got anything else you want to add to it? No, I know. I'm like, I feel like I'm, there's so many things to talk about in yep. this topic. And I feel like this, I mean, we're kind of general yeah. right now. So maybe this is like a teaser, like, you know, maybe. Come, come on Sunday morning. Let's, let's yeah. get into this. Cause like I said, this whole month of February, this is what we're talking I mean, about. Genesis, Ecclesiastes, Ephesians, mm-hmm. where else did we go today? But in this short little time, it's just, there's it's such a big topic that is so relevant in the world today. Uh, God created man and woman for a marriage. And again, as you said at the beginning, singleness is, is doesn't mean that you're not complete. Mm-hmm. Uh, but God can use that spouse in your life to uh, bring more fullness and bring more enjoyment into life. And when God allows that to happen in your life, man, it's the, it's the greatest blessing if you lean into it and follow his plan. So Yeah, so yeah. we're just kind of in yeah. there. Um, that's kind of maybe our challenge for today yeah. for everybody listening or watching. Watching, if you are in a marriage or if you're thinking about marriage yeah. or hoping for marriage someday, what would it look like to, um, you know, treat your marriage and treat your spouse like they were from God and like it was His idea and it was for good? Yeah. Because uh, I think that can change a lot if you're even that perspective changes. Where when I wake up, okay, I'm going to seek God first. I'm going to go mm-hmm. after Him first. I'm going to listen to Him first, and then from that place, then I'm going to serve and love and care for my spouse right mm-hmm. first or second. I guess, right. and then kids and whoever else follows. Yeah. Um, so I think kind of rearranging just even your daily perspective um, can change a lot about marriage. And yeah. I think um, there is, like you said, a lot of layers to this, a lot of different ways we could go. But at the end of the day, it's simple too. Yeah. You know, it's, right. it is simple. So um, that's all we got. Yeah. Um, let us know what you thought. Let us know what you want to hear on this podcast going forward. Uh, we got some exciting things coming up in the next couple of weeks. You're taking over for yeah, a while. Yeah, we haven't so, really talked about that, um, but for some reason, Mitch wants to take about four weeks off of the podcast. Some reason, yep. In, so the month of March, uh, it'll be the Steve takeover, and I'm going to have uh, probably a, a different special guest every week. So working on that with a few people already talking about doing that. So excited for that. You'll be missed um, for sure. Um, but I now understand then how much you know work it takes to do what you do to get prepared. But I appreciate that. It'll be fun. But, of course, we expect that to be in March. But hey, you never knows? know. Anytime it could happen. Yep. So exciting times. Yes, very. Well, we will see you next week on the In All Things podcast. And as Steve says, peace. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the In All Things podcast. Our challenge for you today is to send this episode to one person. Seriously, think of somebody right now that could use this conversation and send it to them. If you have any questions, feedback, or topic ideas, please send them to podcast at sycamorecreek.org. And make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Sycamore Creek Church so that you can always see what's going on in our world. If this conversation helped you at all, make sure you share it, leave a review, and subscribe so that you don't miss out on a single episode. We love you, God loves you, and we'll see you next week on the In All Things podcast.